Lifespring number 154, The Snake and the Dove, or The Christian's Role in Politics. It's the Lifespring Podcast with my good friend Steve Webb. This is Jeff Roney with Roney's Own Productions at jrdonline.com. Take it away, Steve. Thank you, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm excited. <laughs> hey, hitting you right between the ears with a message of hope, love, and good news. This is LifeSpring. Welcome. I'm your host, Steve Webb. On today's show, we're going to address another Ask Steve question about whether or not believers in politics should mix. We're also going to talk a little bit about a holiday movie that will be released in just a few weeks. And I might just mention something about a third anniversary that's fast approaching. But first... This is Recent Rainfall. Touch my eyes so I can see.
make this time that we have together a holy moment, can we? You know that word? You know what that word holy means? It means set aside, separate, devoted to God's purpose. Life Springs is a show to be sure. I strive to entertain you, but at the same time, I want to make this a time that draws you close to a loving and faithful God who is intensely interested in you. Holy Moment. So it's time for another Ask Steve question. Listener, Davey Mitchell, asks, How about something regarding a Christian's relationship to governments, from from democracies to dictatorships to monarchies? Well, that's a good question, Davey. And uh, it's one that uh, I think it's um, actually pretty timely. Uh, We're entering an election year here in the United States. Davey's from the UK, I think, but uh, matter of fact, I'm sure he is. But um, here in the U.S., yeah, we're entering a uh, pretty intense time. Every four years we go into this, and uh, I know that uh, this is not the only place in the world where politics is uh, a major part of a lot of people's thinking. So... As you may have noticed, however, I don't talk much about politics on this show. Does that mean I don't think about uh, politics or that I don't think Christians ought to be involved in politics? Mm, Not at all. Does that mean I don't have any interest in political issues? Nope. I've got some very definite and strong opinions about many political issues. It's just that I've made it a point to keep politics off of this show. You see, my first order of business here has always been to share the message of hope, love, and good news that is contained in the Bible. My firm belief is that the surest method to make a difference in our culture is to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you are a Republican, a Democrat, or a Libertarian, a member of the Labor Party or the the Conservative Party, The thing that matters most is who you say that Jesus is. Do you know him? Do you follow his teachings? Well, if you do, I believe that your political activities and involvement will be subject to his leading if you seek after him. However, (laughs) obviously not everyone who is involved in governing is a Christian. So when it comes to fulfilling their office, chances are they're not going to have the same world view as a believer and will not make decisions that would correspond to our liking. That makes sense, right? Oftentimes in today's society, their world view is the polar opposite to a Christian's, and their decisions are even hostile to our values. Well, unless someone is there to represent the Christian voice, it is easily conceivable that we may lose the right to express ourselves at all. So I think that it is imperative that believers be involved in politics. Let me be clear. I do not think that one's Christianity is something that should be used in order to garner votes 
Too many times I've seen politicians pander to certain religious groups only to abandon the values they espoused once they get into office. It's gotten to the point where I won't believe a candidate is the real deal until I've done some digging myself. Same thing with businesses, by the way. When I see that fish symbol on a business's sign or their sales literature or their business card, it makes me wonder about them. seems to me that if you're a Christian, your business practices or your political career will testify to it and you won't have to publicize it. That's free. That's on the side. So what does the Bible say about the believer's relationship to governments? Well, first thing it says is, we are to submit. We are to submit to governments. Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance resists <laughs> the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Wow. Hang on. Don't get too excited yet. Let's just absorb that one for a minute. God has put in place those authorities that are over us. So, we have to do what they say. Interesting. Like I say, hang on though. Don't get too excited. If you disagree, just hang on. Next, it says that we are to pay taxes. You all know this one, right? From Mark 12. People came to Jesus and said, Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Well, it's Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. So that's one example of uh, the Bible saying, Yeah, we need to pay taxes. Of course, paying taxes, that sort of goes along with submitting to the government, doesn't it? So that was another example of Jesus saying, Submit. Next it says that we are to pray for our leaders. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Mm, so, we need to submit, we need to pay taxes, and we need to pray for them. <laughs> Sometimes that's, that's pretty easy to pray for them, isn't it? Especially when we disagree vehemently with them. God, change their mind. <laughs> How about God bless them? God lead them. God give them wisdom. God, help me to submit. 
Help me, God, to be a productive and supportive member of our society. You've put me here, Lord. Help me to make a difference. That's a good prayer. All right. I said wait a minute a couple of minutes ago. Well, minutes up. There we go. Civil disobedience is biblical. <sighs> Steve, you, 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 you just went against what you just said. No, I didn't. Listen. When authorities command us to do something contrary to God's word, we are to obey God and not the authorities. Acts chapter 5. The high priest and his friends, who were Sadducees, reacted with violent jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So the apostles entered the temple about daybreak and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, along with all the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought for trial. You see, they were on trial because they had been teaching in the temple and the, and the, uh, the authorities didn't like it. The Sanhedrin didn't like it, so they were about to put them on trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone, of course, continuing the reading now. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was locked with the guards standing outside, but when we opened the gates, no one was there. Well, when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. <laughs> then someone arrived with the news that the men they had jailed were out in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested them, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would kill them if they treated the apostles roughly. Then they brought the apostles in before the council. Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? The high priest demanded. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about Jesus, and you intend to blame us for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human authority. Again, let me emphasize that I am not advocating wanton lawlessness. On the contrary, remember, I started out by saying that we have to submit to the authority of the government. But, when a government in some way contradicts the laws of God, then disobedience is called for. But see, that is why it is so crucial for believers to participate in the political system, so that these kinds of governmental decisions are less likely to happen. At a bare minimum, we should vote after carefully studying and diligently praying about the candidates and the issues. If you care to, you can then step up your involvement. You can campaign for candidates. You can work for them in their, in their uh, running of, for office. <laughs> you can run for office yourself. You can go to city council meetings. Have your voice heard. 
In our system here in the United States, there are a myriad of ways to be involved. What about other countries, Steve? What about, as Davy asked about in his question, dictatorships and monarchies? Well, obviously, your involvement will be much different than in a democracy. But the same principles apply. Remember, when the New Testament was written, Israel was under the rule of a very cruel Roman government. Politically, there were no freedoms at all, and Jewish people were under the theocratic rule of the Sanhedrin. Those are the guys that put the apostles there on trial. They were sort of a supreme court for the Jews. There really was no religious freedom either, so they didn't have political freedom, they didn't have religious freedom. Check this out from Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is sending out his disciples to tell the Jewish people about him. He knew that he was sending them to come against both Rome and the Sanhedrin. Jesus said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour when you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. He said, Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He meant there that we need to be smart in the way we go about this business of political involvement. Listen up. The Greek word here that is translated wise refers to practical wisdom or prudence, cleverness and discernment. The person who is wise in the sense of this term is the person who shows presence of mind and has the understanding and sound judgment necessary to act prudently. So, we don't just run out there and say, hey, you can't do that, you're stupid and you're jerks and blah, blah, blah. You don't do that. You, you be wise about things. The serpent was typical of wisdom and cunning in the ancient world. The wisdom of the serpent is that of keen perception and cleverness, both in avoiding its enemies and catching its prey. So, to be wise as serpents refers to the ability of the disciples to avoid unnecessary contact or conflict with the wolves. And if that conflict or uh, contact occurs, to know how to handle the situation in a way that minimizes the ability of the wolves to succeed in an attack. Jesus' disciples should not invite or provoke attacks from their enemies, but rather behave in such a fashion that frustrates the designs of the wicked against them. That's wisdom. That's how we should deal with a system that is against the teaching of God. Now, as usual, Jesus himself was the example. Think about it. Throughout his entire ministry, Jesus was as wise as a serpent in regard to the wolves that were bent on his destruction. And who were those wolves? It was the religious authorities, the Sanhedrin. It really wasn't even so much the Romans. 
he didn't seek to provoke conflicts with him. If opposition to his ministry became too intense, what did he do? He left the area. He made himself scarce. He knew how to answer their attacks, but at the same time, how to expose their mistakes and their sins. <laughs> he was good at it, wasn't he? Now, that doesn't mean that he, he uh, wimped out, because he would answer them and, and it would enrage them. But then he'd make an exit. The Greek word translated here, harmless, harmless as a dove, it really means literally unmixed, and it was used to refer to such things as pure gold or unmixed wine. In the New Testament, it is employed, it is employed um, figuratively of moral purity and integrity. It's easy for me to say, figuratively. wrote it in my notes, figuratively. Moral purity and integrity. Harmless. In the ancient Near East, the dove was symbolic of purity, faithfulness, guilelessness. The dove was also the only bird that could be offered as a sacrifice in the Old Testament. To be harmless as a dove shows the need of Jesus' disciples to be above reproach in both conduct and speech. They have to be clever and shrewd in dealing with their cunning wolf-like adversaries, but they can't stoop to the ethics of their enemies. You see, that's the mistake a lot of uh, activist Christians make, isn't it? They do some of the same stupid things as the opponent. That's not good. We need to be free from guile and evil. Think about it. Sin in the life and speech of the disciple gives the foe an easy opening to discredit and neutralize his witness or his effectiveness. To be harmless as dove means we got to walk the walk, folks. We can't stoop to their methods. This snake-dove tactic should be used by believers in every governmental and political situation, whether democracy, dictatorship, or monarchy. But adhering to this, even perfectly, does not guarantee, and I need you to hear this, does not guarantee that things will always therefore be a bed of roses. Remember, Jesus told his disciples that they would scourged in the synagogues and that they would be brought before governors and kings for his sake. In other words, be prepared. If you're going to do it, sometime, you're going to get busted. We have to be prepared to face opposition and even persecution. If we're going to stand up for the word, if we're going to stand up for what is right, if we're going to stand up for the teaching of God against a government that is against us, we've got to face opposition and even persecution. There are countries on the earth right now where I would be killed, I would be killed, sentenced to death for proclaiming the name of Jesus, like I do, right here on this show. When I say 
that Jesus teaches that he is the only way to God. It's not me saying it, it's Jesus saying it. There are places on this planet where I would be killed. There are places on this planet where I talk about, where when I talk about God and where I talk about Jesus being the Son of God, that would be blasphemy and I would be killed. Some of you listening right now are in such countries. You know I'm telling the truth. I'm not going to name the countries that you're in, but I know what countries visit my website. And can I tell you something? I pray for you. Now, here's where some of you are going to think that I've gone off the deep end. You ready? Here it is. I firmly believe that the time is coming that right here in the United States of America, it will be illegal to speak about Jesus like this. And I don't think that the time is very far off. Time frame? I can't give you years, but I think that perhaps it will be in my own lifetime. <laughs> and I'm an old guy. Hmm. Tell you what, next week, on the third anniversary of the LifeSpring show, I'll talk a little bit more about that topic, okay? That topic of uh, what I just uh, said about the persecution that I think is coming here in the United States. I've got an announcement to make, but I'm going to wait until the next show. So be listening to LifeSpring number 155, the third anniversary of the LifeSpring show. So, have I answered Davy's question? Let's take another look at it. How about something regarding a Christian's relationship to governments, from democracies to dictatorships to monarchies? Well, to recap, I said we should submit, we should pay our taxes, pray for our leaders, but be willing to do civil disobedience. We should most definitely be involved. But remember the snake dove approach. When Moses walked across the sea, I wonder if he knew that he had no chance of victory without you. Without you. Though he struggled without peace of mind And he mourned the friends he left behind Still he lived his trembling hands over the waves And I pray You were there, you were there, you were there Shining cloud by day You were there, you were there, you were there Burning fire to light the way You were there In the midst of the storm you saw every
Michelle is uh, the niece of Ed Ovette, of Ed's Mixed Bag, by the way. A United States Marine was attending some college courses between assignments. He had completed missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. One of the courses had a professor who was an avowed atheist and a member of the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. One day the professor shocked the class when he came in and he looked up to the ceiling and he flatly stated, God, if you're real... Then I want you to knock me off this platform. I'll give you exactly 15 minutes. The lecture room fell silent. You could hear a pin drop. Ten minutes went by, and the professor proclaimed, Here I am, God. I'm still waiting. It got down to the last couple of minutes when the Marine got out of his chair, went up to the professor, (laughs) and cold-cocked him, knocked him right off the platform professor was out cold. The Marine went back to his seat and sat there, silently. The other students were shocked and stunned, and they sat there looking on in silence. The professor eventually came to, (laughs) noticeably shaken. He looked at the Marine and he said, What in the heck is the matter with you? Why did you do that? The Marine calmly replied, Well, God was too busy today protecting American soldiers who are protecting your right to say stupid stuff and act like an idiot. So he sent me. (laughs) Moral of the story is, if you don't know God, don't make stupid remarks. 
Have you been looking for a way to help make a difference in the life of a military service member this holiday season? Email Our Military provides a safe way for people to support and encourage our service members with a personal touch. Email. Email Our Military's volunteers come from all walks of life and understand that regardless of our political views, our military service members deserve our respect, support, and encouragement. Service members register with Email Our Military and are matched with civilians who sign up and send and show their support. Won't you help keep the support, motivation, and encouragement going to our troops by joining the effort? Visit emailourmilitary.com this holiday season. Email Our Military, supporting our military one email at a time. Military service members, Email Our Military wants you to receive support, of course. So stop by emailourmilitary.com today. That's a good thing to do. Hey, there's going to be a new children's movie out in December called The Golden Compass. It's written by a guy by the name of Philip Pullman, and he's a proud atheist who belongs to secular humanist societies. He hates C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, and he's written a trilogy to show the other side. Now, this movie's been dumbed down from the trilogy that he's written, this Philip Pullman guy. And the reason that they've dumbed it down is they want to fool kids and their parents in the hope that they will buy the entire trilogy, where, in the end, the children kill God, and everyone can do as they please. Uh, Nicole Kidman is in this movie, and they have already begun to really promote this movie big time on television and in the theaters. And um, I just thought you should be aware of it. I got an email this week, and I checked it out with uh, Snopes.com, and um, this is this is true stuff here. Um, this guy... Um, What's his name again? Uh, Philip Pullman. It is his goal to kill God in the minds of children. And uh, if you want to know more about it, check it out at Snopes.com. Just search for the Golden Compass. Uh, goes without saying, my family's not going to be going to see this movie, even though it looks like they've got you know great. Graphics, computer stuff, great effects. I think I'm going to go without seeing this movie. And uh, yeah, if you agree that uh, that kind of thing shouldn't be supported, that yeah, might be a good thing. It's up to you, though. Don't like calling for boycotts, but I think we should be informed, don't you? And speaking of voicemails, what have we got here? Hi, Steve James here. Um, just listened to 153, and you said to give you a call. So I am. Um, how you doing, mate? Um, I'm sorry that... Um, well, no, I'm glad that you're spending lots of time with your family, actually, because it sounds like you need to. So you keep on doing that, and um, get the old brooms out, and keep sweeping the ash off the windscreens, and... Um, 
You know, it goes God first, family second, and podcast definitely a third. So you look after yourself, take care, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for that. Uh, you don't know how much that means to me. Uh, for those that uh, may be thinking, hey, isn't that the guy that we've been praying for? Yes, it is. James is over there in the UK, as you might be able to tell from that funny way that he talks. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's uh, evidently feeling better. He's not all the way up to speed, though, so we still need to keep praying for him. But, uh, James, thank you for that. Um, I appreciate I appreciate your thoughtfulness there. And uh, I know I owe you an email, and it will be coming shortly. So, like I said, next week is the third anniversary. What to do, what to do. Of course, there's that announcement that I'll be making, the one I mentioned today already. But maybe we'll have some other ideas from you. If you've got an idea or if you've got something you'd like to have on the show, email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. And if you'd like to comment, you can do that at toll-free, 877-433-9091. Love to hear from you. Of course, we'll be covering some other things on the show as well. But um, those are two things anyway going to talk a little bit about the third anniversary and I've got an announcement to make. I'd like to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a little bit of a long show, not too bad. I better let you get out of here though because I'm sure you've got other things on your plate, right? Music on today's show was Recent Rainfall with Holy Moment, Michelle Gold with You Were There, Kimo Watanabe, Kimo Watanabe, <laughs> did the instrumental morning on the Haleakala Highway while I was talking about the subject today. And those are all on the Podsafe Music Network. Oh, and thanks again, too, to Jeff Roney of Roney's Own Productions for the intro. And thank you to Daniel Johnson, Jr. of the Journey Inside My Mind podcast for introducing me to emailyourmilitary.com. Well, that was a bunch. Thank you again so much for being with me today. I so much appreciate spending time with you. Thank you for being there. Until next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. See you next time. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.